You're listening to Kickin' the Panties, your weekly motivational podcast to help you get unstuck, recommitted, or newly engaged in a life worth living. I'm Becca, entrepreneur and mother of two. And I'm Carol, your dating and relationship coach. Are you ready for a swift kick in the panties? I'm still thinking about our episode from last week. Multitasking? Yeah. Yeah. It really affected me to think about those things, I think. Do you have too many tasks? I do. I do have too many tasks. And not only do I have too many tasks, literally every other woman I know. And I shouldn't just say women because... Men don't have tasks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they have tasks. They have tasks. But I, I feel that for some reason, it seems to affect the women I know more than the men that I know. Yeah. It seems like things not getting done um, really weighs on the shoulders of my friends, you know, that I, it seems like the men are a little better at um, taking things in stride. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's, it just doesn't seem like it, it like ruins their life when there's, you know, unfolded laundry the way it, it seems to do for the women I know. And I, I, I don't like to gender it specifically, but uh, this seems to be a hot topic these days. So I don't think I'm the only one who ha- has noticed this. And I don't know, you know, how it, it plays in all relationships, but I definitely notice it in my relationship and I notice it in a lot of um, the people I know. In my so. relationship, uh, he gets flustered when I haven't folded the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, He's like, did you, it. did you do laundry today? Like all hopeful. Because <laughs> he only has like six pairs of underwear. I'm like, buy more underwear. You don't have to be stressing me about. No, no, no. That's your job. Yeah. You didn't know it was your job to buy more underwear? <laughs> yeah, right. Carolyn, Paul needs more underwear. So I know. It, it is going to follow me. I mean, honestly, eventually it is. Well, overwhelm in general is just something that we all feel. And it, it, it's kind of difficult to talk about it, isn't it? Because it's it's almost overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the topic itself is just yeah. so large. It's but true. we really did our best to try to, you know, we spent, actually, we spent a lot of time talking this morning about all the different things we were feeling. And we we did try to distill it down to a few key points. Right. I know that when I feel overwhelmed, I just get paralyzed. Like I just feel stuck because it feels like there are so many things that I have to do that I'm just like, I can't even figure out what to do first. And then I just like, I either just feel stuck or I feel bad about the things that I chose to get done instead of getting done other things. Or I'll just like get stressed out and then want to take a nap instead or isn't that like ostrich syndrome when you <laughs> yeah, just want to exactly. put your head in the sand that's exactly ignore what it everything is. right yeah exactly so that's that's how that's how it shows up in my life how does overwhelm show up in your life like why do you know you're overwhelmed yeah I hadn't it's funny because I hadn't really noticed um I, you know, I've talked about this before, but I had my first daughter and I started this wedding planning business with my friend Kate all at the exact same time. And I really didn't realize, um, what I was doing. And I, I thought we would just kind of do this thing like part-time and I would have my kids and it would be a nice, like balanced life. And then what happened is the business just got very successful very quickly. And also there was a lot of like roadblocks and challenges, obviously, um, to starting a business like that, that I hadn't necessarily anticipated. So I think I got the business going and I really did not notice any signs of overwhelm 
um, until last summer, I went on this trip with my family to Germany and France. We went um, with my two little kids and my husband, his cousins were getting married. And I decided, I was like, you know, the business is almost two years old now. Like I want to, for the first time, just take this break and turn off my phone and not answer any emails. So I did that. And, you know, three or four days into the like two week long trip, I started to feel a little different. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Like I feel kind of like a, like literally a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah. And then five or six days into the trip, I was like, oh, my stomach feels different. Like it feels better. Like it's not totally tied up in knots. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a week into the trip, I felt like, wow, my heart's not racing and I can actually sleep without taking a sleeping pill. And I just started to feel like I could breathe. And I thought, oh my God, I've been living in a state of overwhelm for like a year and a half, just yeah. constantly. And I hadn't noticed that it was taking over me. And I really, as I've talked to more people about this, I find that a lot of people are living this way. And so for me, it really shows up in my body. My heart races. Uh, I have tension in my shoulders, a pit in my stomach. I just feel generally like I have way too much to do and I'm never going to get it done. I feel like I'm disappointing people. I stay up at night worried about, you know, what what people feel about what I'm able to do or not do. I just feel mm -hmm. like I'm not making it, you know, and that, that is really the sensation that, um, led me to make some big changes in my life to reduce this feeling of, of constant overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like you feel like this, like anxiety in your body and I feel totally numb. <laughs> so I think, yeah, and it's, it's yes. crazy how, you know, it shows up different for everybody. Cause I, I, I literally just feel numb and I start feeling depressed and just like it, it shows up a whole kind of different way for me. Right. You want to sleep all day and I never want to sleep again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just like stare at the ceiling and worry about all the all the things I have to do, you know, yeah. but I think both ways are really valid ways to feel um, when you're overwhelmed. And both you ways know, are bad ways to handle it. <laughs> so how do we handle it? We've came up with some points that we want to share with you guys and some strategies we've used ourselves. And the first one is um, to delegate. I know sometimes we feel uncomfortable about asking people to do things for us, but asking for help. And I know a lot of people have trouble. I know I have trouble asking for help. I always have. Mm -hmm. But when you do ask for help, it really does free up your time and it, it feels better. You know what I mean? And then when you see that people are actually willing to help you, that's also a nice feeling, but especially if you have, like, I have a 10-year-old. I definitely delegate a lot of tasks to him, even if he does a shitty job. I was trying to find a way to say that nicely. <laughs> <laughs> or if I, hey. or if I like, watch him do something, I'm like, oh, my God, why is he doing it like this? But it gets done, and, yeah. and it takes something else off my plate, so... Sure. Asking your kids, asking your partner, asking people to kind of pitch in. Like you do not have to be superwoman all the time. Right. You do not have to be the only one that does it. And it does not always have to be done to your exact specification. Right. right. Another thing I thought of while you were talking too is, you know, of course, like the easy answer is to just 
pay people to help you. And like, that's not possible for everyone. So I don't want to just go right to that. But what about like doing a a trade with a friend or something? Like if you have a friend that also picks up dry cleaning, maybe one time during the month, she can take all this stuff and get it. And then another time you can take stuff on, you know, like you can think of creative ways or like if you have other friends with kids, have their kids over to your house for a few hours so that they can get something done. And then they have your kids to their house for a few hours so you can get something done. It doesn't always have to be like a financial trade, you know? Absolutely. I will, but I will say, um, I learned something from this book. It's called 168 hours by Laura Vanderkam. And one thing that she really hammers home is just this idea of core competencies. So your core competencies are going to be these things that you do really, really well. And that hopefully you also enjoy, or at least don't mind doing. And sometimes you can, um, trade, core competence things for these things that you are really bad at or that you hate doing. Like one example that I have for myself, and I know that I'm a freelancer, so this does not apply to everyone, but I am um, really terrible at cleaning my house. I also don't like cleaning my house. I think most people don't, but I'm, I'm pretty bad at it and it takes me forever. So not that long ago, I just decided I was going to figure out how much it would cost to have someone come bi-weekly to clean my home. And then I would make that money up on the back end by doing something I'm really good at and just taking one or two more jobs than I would normally to be able to pay that. And I was saying earlier to Carol, like that service is $80 every two weeks and they come and they get the whole thing done in like four hours. I know. I was going to say like, tell them, tell them how much it costs, Becca. Tell them how much it costs. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's not that bad, you know, and it depends on where you live. But for me, like that frees up, not kidding, like 10 hours a week of things that I would be doing to keep my house clean. So in that 10 hours a week, I can easily take on another job to make more money. But even if that wasn't the case that I could just add on more work, I feel like $40 a week I could find a way to cut out of my spending that amount of money to free up all of this extra time for me to do something that I actually want to do or care about, like play with my kids or, you know, right. do other home projects that aren't, that don't seem as pressing. So I feel like. Yeah. $40 a week. It, I mean, yeah, that's a night. That's a half a night at a bar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a bar tab. That's like two bottles of wine at the grocery store. You know, yeah. that's um, eating out two less times per month. You know, you can find it. Right. And I think that when you think about it like that, like what else do you not find as important as a clean house, like your coffee from Starbucks that you can make at home? Mm-hmm. When you think about it like that, it kind of broadens your mind about like how you're using your money and how you're using your resources and how you could use them in a more efficient or better way. Right. And that's that that book's whole point, you know, is that you have a hundred, all of us have the same amount of time. So why is it that some people are crazy productive and able to, seems like they're able to have a career and their family and their life and they seem happy and other people just feel like they're scrambling nonstop to get by. And I think that it is this, this way that you look at it from a bird's eye view, like, okay, I do have this amount of time. Mm -hmm. What's realistic for me to get done in this amount of time? And what can I outsource or delegate like what what can't I do what do I not even care about doing anymore right you know and then just getting those things off your list entirely absolutely yeah like like what I was saying about my son like he has a job of swiffering the floors like twice a week does he leave some spots on the floor unswiffered sure but do I have to swiffer all the floors no so no you don't 
You don't. And you can just cross that off your list altogether, say, you know, they're Swiffer well enough. Yeah, exactly. And I think that... They're Swift. They're Swift. <laughs> Properly Swift. <laughs> and this makes me kind of think about my uh, second point, which was when I get overwhelmed, it really helps me to write things down and to write how long things are going to take me to do something. Because I think that when we have this long list in our heads about all the things that we need to get done... We kind of make it out to be bigger than it is sometimes. Not to say that the list isn't big, but sometimes we make it out in our heads that it's going to take us way longer than it actually will take us. So let's say we have laundry to do, we have to empty the dishwasher, we have to pick up our kids, and we have to, you know, do some work. The work might take an hour. The wash is like an incremental five minutes here, five minutes here, and then maybe 30 minutes to fold up clothes. You know, picking up your kids takes 20 minutes. So when you write when you write things down, you get to see how long things are actually going to take you. And it kind of gives you a better perspective about how much time you actually do have to get these things done and how you can actually get all of them done in the time that you have. Because yeah, and then see how much time you have left, you know, to, to do whatever else you'd like to do or to take a little break or to have a rest. You know, you can even take the time for that. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think that we make this list in our head and it's like, oh, we're, I'm never going to be able to pick up the dry cleaning and my kid and empty the dishes and make dinner and, you know, do, you know, an hour of work. But when you distill that into all the time it takes, it might take two and a half hours altogether and you have two and a half hours. Yeah, for sure. You definitely do. You have more time than you think. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, so and that that actually makes me think of I actually just hired this woman who's lovely um, because I've been really struggling with overwhelm with my job. So not to get too far into it, but I have like all of these different hats that I wear for my work. And sometimes I sit down at the beginning of a work day and I'm like, I don't even know where I feel paralyzed. Like you said, I'm like, I really don't even know where to start. I have all this stuff to do. It all feels important. It all feels like it was due yesterday. Like, how am I going to prioritize this? So I actually enlisted someone to help me um, sort of figure out like what are the key points of what I do in each area of my work and then to help me figure out how long it takes and how far in advance it needs to get done so that I can make due dates so that when I sit down to work, I can see things clearly like, okay, this is what's due this week. This is due next week. This is due next month. So it makes me feel less anxious about like just trying wildly to get things done Mm -hmm. all in a row. And she taught me about this thing that you had known about as well. And I'd never heard about it before, but it's called the um, Eisenhower matrix, or it's sometimes referred to as an urgent important matrix. And it's basically like if you took a piece of paper and divided it into four sections, the, um, the left side is urgent and the right side is not urgent. The top is important and the bottom is not important. So like the left top part is urgent and important. The bottom left is urgent, not important. The top right is important, not urgent. And the bottom right is not urgent, not important. Right. There's a visual on Google. You just Google Eisenhower matrix or the other thing and it will show up right away. So, um, One thing that this kind of helped me to realize because she was talking about how like obviously everything in the upper left quadrant 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 uh, (laughs) gets done first. The urgent important stuff always gets done right away because it just pops up. It's urgent. It's important. You do it. If we all only had those kinds of things on our to do list, then it would be easy to decide what to do. Um, 
But what she said to me is that the stuff in the right-hand corner, that important non-urgent stuff, is really the problem because it never goes off of your mental to-do list. You keep pushing it back because it's not urgent. Right. But if you keep pushing back everything that's like that, over time, you're just going to create, and I have a list like this that's like 60 things deep <laughs> of stuff that I need to get done at some point, but not today. Right. And and it starts to feel so overwhelming and weighty because there's just so much on it that you're like, well, now I really don't know when to start with that. Yeah. So I think um, it's nice to lay out your thoughts in this fashion because it can start to show you what you have to do and when you actually should do it or could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that I looked up, it said that the urgent and important, you have to do that now, like you said, and then the important but not urgent are things that you really need to plan like put in a calendar like you were saying earlier that when you put it in a calendar or even just like I mean everything doesn't have to go in a calendar because some things are like things that you just want to get done you want to replace your windows in your house you don't have to put that in a calendar because you know who knows when that's going to happen but I think that planning is like the big thing for that section is that those are the things that you need to plan and schedule yeah, and actively schedule it or plan it. Right. Like you're not, you know, you just take one thing at a time and and choose a two to three hour window that you force yourself to deal with some of that stuff yeah. on top. Like put that ahead once in a while of the urgent, important stuff. Yeah. Okay. And then what about the the urgent, not important stuff? What do you do with that? So urgent, not important are usually things that people, they're other people's agendas. So these are the things that, you know, you have requests to, you know, do something for your friend or your boss that doesn't need to really be done. It might be important to them, but it's not really important to you and they make you feel like it's urgent, but in your life, it's really not. Like if your best friend calls you like about a breakup with her, you know, boyfriend, it's urgent. But it's in the scheme of things, it's really not that important. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, if it's your best friend, it might be important. But if it's just if it's just like somebody calling you about some bullshit, might be important to them, but it's not urgent to you. So, mm-hmm. so you can take. So one thing you can do with that type of stuff is like that's all good stuff to delegate. I mean, obviously you can't delegate your best friend, like talking to someone else, but maybe you could, maybe you could talk to her for 30 minutes and then say, I need to call you back later and then call another friend and say, Hey, do you have time to talk to Susan? She's freaking out. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Or if it's something your boss is asking you to do that doesn't necessarily need to get done by you, maybe there's someone else in your office that you can delegate that task to, or maybe you can automate it somehow. Right. And then for the non-urgent non-important stuff that's just stuff you just shouldn't do yeah that's the that's the uh the pile of swiffering that corp left on the floor (laughs) (laughs) you know don't just don't worry yourself with that anymore because we're we're getting past that like we're modern women and we're not going to worry with that entire section of the grid just fuck that we're not even going to go exactly so we did the grid for ourselves and i think we can quickly go through like our examples of what urgent and important and stuff like that is to us so urgent, sure. urgent, important to me is right now is paying bills because Paul lost his debit card. And now that everything, everything that used to automatically get taken out is like Paul. not getting taken out. Don't even get me started. Oh, Paul. Do not even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so now I have to like redo all the bills and redo getting them on like the recurring payment Auto thing pay. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that is urgent and important. And important. What's your urgent For and sure. important? 
oh, I'm in wedding season right now and I'm I'm almost out, but I've been in for the last like six, seven weeks. I've had events every single weekend, usually more than one. So all of the tasks that need to happen to make those days happen because that day is coming for me no matter what. That Saturday arrives, yeah. that shit is going down. <laughs> so I have to make sure whatever comes up, I'm dealing with that immediately. So that's where I'm at right now with, with urgent important is all tasks related to spring weddings. Yeah, my um, important but not urgent. So I had this baby shower in Philly plan. So I'm in Tampa, but I'm I was gonna have my baby shower in Philly because um, that's where all my people are. And I we talked about it all the way in back in Christmas, and I knew it was gonna be in March. And I just kept on putting off setting a date and putting off, you know, I don't know, making a flight. And all this kind of stuff. Like, I kept on putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But it would have been better if I would have just planned it and got it off my plate. Mm -hmm. Even though it was, you know, far ahead. If I would have just said, okay, this is going to be this weekend in March. And I'll book my flight. It would have been something that wasn't always like, oh, crap. Because those, I think the the important but not urgent are all those things that, like, one day you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, they're not urgent until they are urgent. Exactly. Because they will be urgent at some point. <laughs> At some point, right. So that's like, I really think that's a good tip to just like take one Saturday a month to go ahead and look at the list of stuff that you've been accumulating. Like we've talked about that before, just as it comes up in your mind, write it down mm -hmm. and then give yourself three hours where no one's bothering you. You know, like I said, trade your kids with a friend once a month, go through your finances, do, you know, your planning, buy your plane tickets, whatever you have to do that just feels like, it, you know, you never have time to do it. Make an actual time to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, my important but non-urgent stuff that I'm doing right now is I, I've mentioned this before, but I'm on this big 100-day health kick where I'm seeing how fit I can get in 100 days. So I have all these workouts that I'm supposed to be doing. So I've literally been scheduling them just like I do work. I schedule it in my calendar. I tell myself what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to do it, when I'm supposed to do it. Right. And that actually has been helping me make that happen because I don't, obviously I don't have to work out in a day. Nothing happens to me if I don't. But it is, you know, it feels important and I want to get it done. And so I've just been scheduling it and that's been working really well. Yeah, I think I didn't think about this before, but all your important but not urgent stuff are going to eventually be urgent and important. <laughs> like a bit, sure, like all will, that stuff it will that, migrate left <laughs> yeah exactly all that stuff that you put off will eventually be urgent and sometimes when you wait for that kind of stuff to be urgent it's like oh shit now it's too late now my like i was supposed to get my roof redone i was supposed to get this leak fixed you know months ago and now my roof is coming down or something like that you right, know what i mean yes, like exactly so keep that in mind yes. people yeah. And that goes to your point about maintenance, right? Like just doing what you can, when you can over time before things get out of control. Absolutely. Okay. So the next one is going to be urgent and not important. And like we said before, these are things that are important to other people around you. And so they make you feel like they're important, but they're not as super urgent for us. So for me is that Paul is really uh, serious about plants and having a garden and having like plants in the house and taking care of them, but he doesn't take care of them. <laughs> I mean, sometimes he'll try, but like it usually falls to me. And so like, he's like, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you pick weeds? Da -da 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 -da. So all that shit to me is not important. It might be urgent. Maybe I should be watering flowers and picking weeds, but I'll probably get court to do it. 
Yeah, or just tell him right if he really cares about it, then he should do it. You know, shit like that. Or you could all do it as a family on the weekend or something to make it go quick. Yeah, exactly. So I'm throwing a surprise party for Emil because he is um, changing jobs and I wanted to give an opportunity for all of his old coworkers to come and say goodbye. So in the midst of doing all this other stuff, I've been trying to plan this surprise party. And um, what I've done is just delegated the tasks to folks in his office. So I've asked his best friend at work to write a toast and to pick some other people to speak. I've asked, you know, a girl he used to share his office with to give all the invitations out at work. I've asked someone else to help me set up. So instead of just trying to take on this massive project all by myself, I've really involved these other people that care about him and that can help to make it special. So win. There you go. And then for my not important, not urgent, uh, my son, Cortland, Literally, mind you, it's April right now, and my son was asking me about something he wanted for Christmas. So that is definitely on the not urgent, not in Christmas in July. You never heard of that? Christmas. Oh, in July? he would love it if there was a Christmas in July. <laughs> a little half Christmas. <laughs> no, he's good. That's so funny. No, he's not getting any extra Christmases. Well, for me, I need to do some spring cleaning. I want to like, you know, do the thing. I want to get rid of all my stuff and clean out my closets again. And that is just not something that can happen right now because I'm too busy. So I'm just straight up not doing it. I hear that. Cleaning out your, organizing your closet is so difficult. It really feels like it anyway. And I just moved. It's just. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start out with having an organized closet. And by the time I was like putting everything away and getting everything done, I was like, you know what? I'm not. Because I was like, I'm going to organize it by color. And short sleeve shirts go like the dark color ones and then tank tops and then dresses. And it's like, no, nope. It's not, it's not even that. I just, I don't understand. Like I get rid of every, like twice a year, I take a bunch of stuff to Goodwill. I get rid of a ton of stuff. And then six months later I have like as much stuff again. I don't know where all this stuff comes from. I want to like figure it out. You're buying it. Stop. (laughs) I'm buying it. I know. Obviously. (laughs) Where did all of this stuff come from? (laughs) I'm like, I know I'm like not responsible for my own actions. Who did this? All right. So so one of the last things I wanted to say, and Becca touched on it earlier, is keeping on top of the little things. Because that's what we were talking. I was saying that uh, at our house, we do these 10-minute cleanups. So I don't like cleaning either. But what stresses me out is when the house gets really messy and then I know that I'm going to have to spend like a whole afternoon cleaning everything. And that sucks. But if you do it little by little, if you try to stay on top of things little at a time or get the little tasks done like try to you know pick up your dry cleaning or keeping you know staying on top of the laundry when you try to do things little by little it doesn't feel like everything's all piled up you're like oh shit like I have no clothes to wear I didn't do any laundry oh crap the clothes have been at the dry cleaner for the last month and then it makes you feel super super stressed out so I think staying on top of little things and doing things a little at a time also helps that's my little quick tip at the end That's definitely true. And I that is when I can stay on top of stuff, I always feel a lot better. Or even if I can just give myself like half an hour, three times a week just to do like only do pickup, you know, yeah. like that really helps to just schedule that time in. Yeah, the little things. They're the things that can make really your mind like too cluttered. Oh, totally. Yes. Yes. So, okay. I'm going to recap our points just because there was a lot there. And I want to make sure everybody just gets this quick and snappy version as well. So, If you're feeling overwhelmed, here's a couple things you can do. Number one, delegate or 
redistribute your resources, focus on your core competencies and either delegate or hire out tasks that are really difficult for you or that take you a long time or that you really, really hate doing. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can use the matrix we talked about. And obviously that's the homework as well is to make one of those Try to figure out what's important, what's urgent, what's not important, what's not urgent, where do these things intersect? And you can use that as a way to write down all the things you have to do. And if you like Carolyn's advice of writing how much time it takes, that can make you feel like more is achievable than you necessarily thought before. Right. Number three, stay on top of the little things. Do that 10-minute cleanup um, once a day or twice a day. Just spend, you know, Put on a timer for 10, 15 minutes and try to get as much of that little stuff done out of the way so that you can move on to some of the bigger tasks. And 10-minute cleanups are amazing. Like, they really are. Like, it it sounds like, oh, like, that's not going to work. Like, we do, like, a toilet bowl clean relay for our 10-minute cleanups. We do. We do, like, a Swiffer and Sweep 10-minute cleanup. Like, like every night. And it just, like, we never have to do, like, a crazy, you know hours and hours clean up. Number four, we didn't say this one, but this is just as important. And we have talked about it before, but self-care guys, deep breaths, meditation, yoga, self-care, working out, getting enough sleep. If you are not taking care of yourself and your body, you're not going to be able to get any of this stuff done. Right. Eating right. You know, that's so important. Eating right. Yes. All the things that we've been talking about in this whole season of self-reflection, all, I mean, anything like you are where it all starts. Mm -hmm. You are the foundation. So you got to take care of yourself first and then use yourself to go out and do these things you need to do. Absolutely. And then number five, you, you are not Wonder Woman, nor do you have to be Wonder Woman. You do not have the responsibility of getting every single thing done for every single person around you all the fucking time. I'm not your superwoman. That's so right. <laughs> oh my God. Who's I'm not that? the kind of girl that you... Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was a good song. I'm going to add that back on my like all kinds of good tunes playlist. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. Who's saying that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll give you $100 if you can say who it is. I just keep thinking Monique, but I know it's not. No, that. it's like but Stephanie it Mills like or something like that. So, hmm, I'll have to look that yeah, up. Okay, but not, yeah, you're but... not. You're not Superwoman. You don't have to be Superwoman either, and it doesn't even feel good to be Superwoman. So just be you. Take some time for yourself. Figure out what you can do realistically. Chunk this stuff out. Schedule it. It's not that big of a deal, honestly. Yeah. All right. So guys, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. So don't forget to rate and review and subscribe. That would mean a lot to us. And share this episode with anybody in your life that is feeling overwhelmed. You know, you see your girl stressing out, be like, oh, girl, listen to this episode. Stop stressing. And also, it would be awesome if you would also write us a question. We've been getting some really good questions lately. You can go to kickinthepanties.com and click write to us. Or you can visit us on Facebook at Facebook slash KITP podcast. You know why it has to be KITP podcast? Why? Because they wouldn't let me put panties in our Facebook So dirty. I know. Like you couldn't. You can't have Facebook slash kick in the pants. I bet there's a you're Facebook not allowed to slash suck my dick. No, I don't think there is. <laughs> I think they really. They only let you like destroy our government <laughs> and cause. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> they only let that kind of stuff happen. <laughs> uh, you definitely can't say panties. That's for sure. That's hilarious. 
All right. Awesome. And then next week, um, we did get a really great question from Max in Connecticut. And um, hi, Max. Hi. Uh, we actually know you and we were really happy to hear that you've been listening and glad to get an update on you. Um, I'm going to read the whole question next week when we answer it, but I just have this little segment right now to get you guys get your interest peaked. I'm not sure that I have a punchy one line question, but something I have been thinking a lot about lately is the decision to have or not have children and the stigma and angst for women who fall on either side of that choice or for whom it is eliminated completely by health circumstances. I'd be curious to hear about your choice to have kids, and it seems that different like it stages was a in choice. your lives. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know what I was going to say. Oh, my God. I remember when you called me to tell me you were pregnant um, and how that changed things for you. Did it live up to your expectations? What happened that you didn't expect? What was the best and worst part? And like I said, I'll, I'll read the other parts of the question um, next week when we answer it, but we are going to take some time to answer that because we'd love to tell you about our experiences and it'll be a nice way, I think, for us to take a break from the self-reflection and just talk a little bit about our lives and this very, very big, important part of our lives that we kind of tangentially talk about all the time yeah. anyway. So looking forward to that. And then after that, we're going to follow up with our next full-length episode that's going to be all about focus. Focus. Yeah. So the, for this week, this has been Carolyn and Becca saying, what are you going to do this week? Kicking the panties. Be like Neo and jump into that matrix, bitch.